brought to you from the English Department, IU School of Liberal Arts at IUPUI. I'm your host, Associate Faculty Member Mark Eckel, and this is About Story. Meet the narratives and narrators bringing life to liberal arts on About Story. One of the wonderful things that happens in a classroom setting is when teachers and students actually continue uh, fellowship and relationship outside of classes. And by that, we're interested in expanding horizons and continuing conversations about important topics. And one of the wonderful things that has happened to me in my lifetime as a teacher is connecting with students in such a way. And one of the students that I've had uh, the wonderful opportunity to be invested with, uh, his name is Asher. He was a student of mine at IUPUI in 2018, the first semester that I actually taught here at the university. And we continue to communicate. Uh, even now, we text back and forth regularly. And he and I have this love of film, and that's really what drew the connection together and the continual conversation that we always have. And one of the things that strikes me about uh, what Asher brings to any kind of conversation is his ability to not only communicate, but to write so effectively. And I thought it was would be so important to give an opportunity for you, the listener on the podcast about story, to, to hear from one of our students, uh, in this case, Asher, uh, telling us about why it's so important to read and the power of the verbal over the visual. Asher. We are glad to welcome into the studio today, Asher, an IUPOI student. And I wanted to make sure in uh, our emphasis on About Story on this podcast that we get student perspectives on the writing program and what we do at IUPOI. So Asher, welcome to About Story. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm Asher. I was a criminal justice major at IUPUI, but I'm appearing on this podcast, so it's clear that the English department at IUPUI has made a sizable impact on my life. If you've been in class with me or you've seen me around on campus, you may know me as the guy who keeps his apartment at 45 degrees and bikes his, bikes his bike in weather that should not be biked in. <laughs> That's great. I'm sure that the descriptor for folks uh, will make a difference. Uh, especially as it relates to how do you get around in the city? Um, what just uh, as a side note, uh, do you enjoy going to a university in a city? I love going to university in a city. There's, I've been to IU, I've been to Purdue, but there's nothing quite like living, going to school in downtown Indy where you are rich with opportunity. And it seems as though IUPUI students take studies very seriously in comparison because it's a commuter school. You go here for study and education pretty much solely, but there is a lot of fun and a lot of after school, like club, well, after school, when you have the time for it, clubs to partake in as well. You'll find me in the game room playing a copious amount of ping pong. <laughs> That's great. Well, I'll make sure to, to bring my paddle uh, next time I'm on <laughs> campus. 
Well, that's great. Uh, you know, one of the reasons why I think it's important to have students on a podcast uh, that is developing uh, to help people know about uh, the English department and the writing uh, aspect, the uh, subsection of the, the English department at IUPUI is because you've actually taken courses. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your ex experiences taking courses in the English department? Taking courses in the English department, which is clearly a department that has had a lot of care put into it, as we've seen in results, you know, an anecdotal result of that care is our mutual friend, Lindsay Fish, Nay Cunningham, changing her entire course trajectory from spending one month in your course. I believe she was pre-law like myself, but you made her fall in love with the written word so much that she decided to upend her whole life there and then. That's really something that, you know, kind of sets me back on my heels. Uh, that's actually happened with another student as well. Uh, in some of my classes, and I'm always amazed at that. Uh, what is it about the writing program? You said a lot of care has gone into it. Um, how would you kind of uh, tease that out a little bit to help people to understand what you mean? I think there's a lot of variety in the curriculum that makes it engaging and fun. And from your W131 class in particular, there was a lot of stratagems I learned in that course that made writing a whole lot easier for me, which I'm sure we will discuss later. And argumentative writing still had the most creative curriculum I've ever experienced in any class I've had in my entire career at IUPUI. Watching the movie Parasite as part of the quote unquote textbook of the class just adds so much enjoyment to it. And you, of course, are a film aficionado, so of course you would enjoy something like that. Yes, I've been really into East Asian cinema lately. I would highly recommend people get into it because a lot of what you can find in East Asian cinema is a reflection of what you can find here in the United States. There's a lot of commentary on late stage capitalism and uh, I've been recently getting into movies that are about the Guangzhou uprising, which is about the tumultuous period about introducing democracy to South Korea. And I think it's a worthwhile exploration for a lot of people, especially those who are like me and pre-law and looking to get into policy and such. It matters, I think, to bring up this concept of story uh, and specifically movies uh, with so that people understand that that the faculty here are people that are, are broad ranged in their uh, sensibilities and interests. For instance, I've written a book on, on movies and uh, how to understand film. And of course, so for me uh, to bring in a film like Parasite as a textbook, so to speak, uh, was kind of easy on my part, but it's so much fun uh, to engage with somebody like you because you so much appreciate that venue of, of communication. I think films are extremely valuable and could stand to be used as curriculum in several more of my courses. I would not be upset by that. They touch on, a lot of them are just so culturally, like, there's a lot of the cult surrounding culture and time period of a film that gets put into it. For example, Bong Joon-ho's Joon Memories of Murder, which is 
about bureaucratic incompetence preventing the solving of crimes and how it affects society. You know, that kind of uh, interpretive honesty about uh, a movie like that, I think is important for parents and students who are considering IUPUI and hearing it from a student's point of view uh, for them to say, wow, you know, we can actually uh, be involved and invested in film as well as anything else. Uh, so writing is is uh, what we're saying here in this podcast is writing is very broad in its application. It doesn't have to be just about compositional five paragraph essay. It can be about so many other things. Precisely. There are lessons in every story if you're willing to look for them and you can apply them in many different ways. You can see the foibles of bureaucratic incompetency and memories of murder and figure out how to how you might be able to gain glean something from that for perhaps your own workplace or your own local government perhaps there's always something you can make use of what you find in stories hmm. and one of the things that uh, of course you remember from my class in 131 and also in 270 is is my emphasis on tell me a story uh, so beginning uh, let's say an essay by telling a story even a short story is uh, very powerful. Um, speaking of Lindsay, I was just brought to mind that she wrote in one of her very first essays, a very moving examination of uh, what it means uh, to be taken. So if, if people are listening to this and thinking about taken Liam Neeson, you know, where he, his daughter is taken in the film. Uh, but she was concerned, of course, about uh, human trafficking, but she made, she told a story that was so detailed and quite frankly, uh, bounding on graphic that <laughs> when I was reading this to other classes, you know, the eyes in the classroom just went wide and students would say, you mean a student in your class wrote that? And I said, yeah, this is a story that they told to get to the place of talking about the importance of uh, combating human trafficking. So the concept of beginning with story hooking your audience. This is a big deal for us. I will say that was a truly riveting piece of writing on par with some of the greats in any thriller books I've read. It was astonishing how well written that was. And I'm very proud of my friend. <laughs> yes, it was. It really was. And I still use it today as an example of here's what I mean when I tell you to tell a story. So take whatever subject it is that you, you're interested in and you can make up, I mean, this was fictionalized, that what she wrote, but it was so well done that you felt like you were there. You know, that's the, the power of it. I think that was one of the best things I learned from W131 and in addition to Anne Lamott's little trick of the first draft. Yes. Uh, to begin with a story, I think it makes it more entertaining for you as a writer to, you don't have to just sit down and get to the facts, the research, you can add a little bit of flair to it. And I think it's fun for readers as well because it's an interesting hook. And I've noticed a lot of well-esteemed writers in the nonfiction verse will often start their stories or essays or articles with a story. I mean, you can recall it from James Clear in his habit building book where he began every single chapter with an anecdote that supported his habit building 
strategies. It matters. Absolutely matters. And if anybody uh, cares to uh, actually communicate effectively and well in the world in which we live, which is bombarded by information, if you don't hook your listeners, you know, 10, 15, 20 seconds in, I mean, they're all ready to, to punch that button. Precisely. It's more critical than ever with the myriad ways we've been able to lower our attention span to immediately hook your reader. And I think telling a story in nonfiction writing, especially, is the perfect way of doing that. So since we're talking about the importance of hooking readers and uh, talking about generally how do you create an essay, let's say, for instance, uh, what other advice might you have for aspiring writers? One of the biggest pieces of advice I've learned, and this is a paraphrasing of Cal Newport, who is a well-known productivity author and businessman, is that he believes that writer's block is not a thing. It's just writing is difficult. And when I realized that, and I was like, this isn't writer's block, there isn't anything, you realize there isn't anything wrong with you. You're not, you're not. You're not not creative. You're not a bad writer. You're just engaging in an activity that is quite difficult. And you're going to, and every day might be difficult. There's a thing where I know a lot of people have to write on muse, but the flow state isn't anything you can count on. You have to write when it's difficult. You have to write when you're just staring at the blinking cursor <laughs> and don't go for the muse. Don't go for the flow state because the more you think about the flow state, the less it's going to be able to be acquired. Mm. And I think it's important to realize that as far as hobbies or professions go, writing is not something with an immediate payoff. It takes months, even years before you finish a story. And I think you have to keep that in mind and realize that you're not going to get the same level of dopamine hits I, I guess, as another more immediately uh, rewarding hobby. Writing is the long con, and I think that is something very important for writers to realize. I'd also add that perfectionism is the poison of progress. You can't, you just cannot write perfectly on your first draft. Keep that in mind, just get it down, and then think about it, consider it, show it to friends perhaps, and then you can work on getting it perfect. You can get it near perfect, I believe that, but it's not going to be on your first attempt. Don't go for perfectionism on your first attempt. It'll just leave you disappointed. Hmm. Those are some wise words, and I am thinking about students who uh, have a tendency you know, to wait until the last minute, and then they're disappointed with their product, uh, and it certainly is an issue of time. That is they haven't taken their time, first of all, and they haven't separated the first from the second draft even uh, from each other. They just want to get this thing done and turn it in. Do you have any thoughts on, on how that, um, how you function with uh, turning things in and uh, what would you, what advice might you give to students coming in? I think a lot of the, there's this, um, how do I say it? Belief, I say, that's been spread that if you work, if you procrastinate and you do your work at the last minute, that's when you do your best work. I would, I've fallen for that trap, certainly. 
and it's just it's a i think it's a bit of like perfectionism avoidance maybe where you want and it's similar to the point i just brought up you want to do your absolute best work so that prevents you from actually starting your writing whatever your assignment may be and it just it prevents you from working it in a necessary amount of time I think that's that's important for uh, students coming into university to hear that kind of comment. And certainly even for parents who are thinking about sending their students to IUPUI to remember, hey, uh, you know, this is uh, going to school is hard work. Uh, writing is hard work, takes time. And uh, I think your earlier comment about IUPUI students take their study seriously, I think is a, a powerful statement as well. Let's, uh, let me kind of land the plane here of the podcast by asking you a general question about, about reading, which I know you have so much to say about, uh, mm -hmm. having had conversations with you about this. Uh, we live in a visual world where screens surround us, we're holding them in our hands, you know, we're staring at them at the moment. Uh, why read? I mean, why go through the process of holding a physical book in our hands and reading typeset on a page? It's an important question to ask now more than ever, and especially when I hate to bring it up and beat a dead horse about dopamine, but obviously it's so easy to get joy immediately with your with any screen of your choosing. But to read to me is to live more and to quote my favorite fantasy author, George R.R. R. Martin, a reader lives a thousand lives before he dies. The man who never reads lives only one. So I think it's important to read because you will experience so much life. And I could be, I could be a Chinese girl during the great leap forward when I read the three body problem, or I could be a king in a song of ice and fire. And it's important to be able to experience that because I think it makes life richer as a whole, but on a scale, on a sense of a nonfiction Right, reading, I'd say that's like life's cheat code. You get someone, an expert in their field, they spent years, decades crafting this book for whatever reason, ha habit building. I'm currently reading a book about uh, wilderness survival by a special, like, I forget what they're called, but it, he's some kind of like secret service guy. And he just wrote an entire book about survival tactics and what tools to use what to do when you're stranded things like that i get that it will take me probably a month to read what cost him like 20 years of his life to create and obviously he had a lot of training to do that but i get it in a month so like i said it's life's cheat code to read you get so much wisdom distilled into something that could only take you perhaps a month or two to read and your life will be that much more enriched for it mm. And of course, you know, I absolutely agree. I just finished a book called Desperate Ground about uh, the Marines around Husan uh, Reservoir or during the Korean War. I'm just starting another book uh, where uh, I'm reading Victor Davis Hanson, The Second World Wars, plural. So, you know, you and I have these kinds of conversations because we love to read and we want to encourage other people to do the same. I think that's really a, a powerful idea. Uh, Asher, IUPUI student, uh, I'm really glad to have this conversation with you today. 
thanks ever so much for being on About Story. Thank you for having me. It was a good time and I hope to be back in the future. I'll look forward to that too. When we think about the English department at IUPUI, we're not just talking about faculty, we're not just talking about curriculum, we're not just talking about the kinds of assignments that students have to do. We're talking about real people living real lives. And when you think about somebody like Asher, who's been a student here at IUPUI, going into uh, law uh, into the future, he is saying to all of us that reading and writing are essential components to that. One of the things that stood out uh, to me in, in our interview uh, in this particular podcast is about writing in a world that's glutted with information. And you heard us talk about beginning our writing with story to actually hook the reader, to make that reader consider uh, carefully what it was and what it is that we want to communicate. And so we have all kinds of data all around us, but at the same time, we want to tell that data in a story form. The power of communication in storytelling cannot be overstated. And you heard Asher and I uh, talk about that uh, today on About Story. This is a, one of those podcasts, I think, that will help not only students, but also their parents who are considering sending their children to IUPUI for a college education to hear the kinds of things that students experience in ways that only they can say. You've been listening to the About Story podcast from the English department at the IU School of Liberal Arts at IUPUI. I'm your host, Mark Eckel. I'll see you again next week with narratives and narrators bringing life to the liberal arts.